Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And we, we have a saying whenever we say something... That, you know, is... He's not ready. You're not ready for this segment. <laughs> no. Not after hearing you talking about suck the meat out of the head. Oh, and... gosh. Okay, crawfish, people. Crawfish. <laughs> just... Let's just add a little tiny bit of context I'm here. just not there. Um, Before we get to any sound, have y'all been on Twitter within the last 35 minutes or so? Yes. Have y'all have. seen Brian Burns' tweet? Yes. I have. With Tell the, the people. With the keep pounding and then the panther blue and the black heart. That's right. Are we wanting to read in between the lines here and and, and believe that we, we, we've got maybe an answer on his future? Like maybe that's him hinting that I'm not going anywhere, I'm good? Or is this just good old-fashioned player using social media to force the team's hand about keeping him in Carolina? Uh, I think something might be in the works uh, when we see a tweet like that. And then I see somebody, I see Miller Muse tweeting him talking about uh, take a team-friendly contract. Oh, you're reading the replies. Stop. Yeah, you you, you, you you don't come across a lot of good stuff when you read the replies. I, I oh, do. Yeah, you do. I love it. I do <laughs> find it. Funny. Yeah. I do find it interesting. It comes on the heels of what we found out from Joe Person's information about how the deal at the beginning of the year seemed to actually run somewhat in the higher level of what people were thinking. Like there was some people who thought the Panthers were down in the $20 million range, but the fact that they were closer to 27, 28, not necessarily approaching 30, but basically in a scenario where he was tied for the third highest pass rusher numbers in the league. I mean, he maybe has come to the realization that, Hey, I probably wasn't a bad deal given the production he had. Well, and, and so we can preface it by understanding Joe is amazing at what he does. Like this is the guy that has great coverage on the Carolina Panthers. When I read that, we can also understand that the source telling Joe that $27 million for a oh, five came, 20, it, came, came for the Panthers. Right. And so that's the thing. Okay. I'm not saying that they were lying about it. I just want to know because at first it was reported that they weren't really budging off of 24. I think that's, as high as you were mentioning, the initial reporting was about 24 annually. Right. So maybe they did get up to 27 million. And if that's true, then that means Brian Burns was the guy that wasn't budging but, at all. But the other part of this, they were they had a very finite time to work on this. And and the act that the, they were waiting until Bosa got his number. That was the big thing that they wanted to make sure they were not going to do anything until Bosa got his number. Bosa got his number so close to the season that it left them a very finite time before the start of the season to actually get something on the table in a discussion and a back and forth happen. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And, uh, I, you know, like I said, I maintain I felt like he should have just continued his holdout until he got what he wanted. But, you know, it went down how it went down. Well, so, at least resolve the issue. Right. So at least he says keep pounding. He gives us a couple of heart emojis after we all talk about the Brian Burns situation. We'll could see what happens with franchise tag. Too. Could be. Could be a goodbye tweet. I was going to say, it could be the other way. You're right. <laughs> what else you got for us, Fitty? All right. So on Monday, we, we reacted to some audio about maybe Seattle being interested in trading away DK Metcalf um, to try to rebuild that roster under their new head coach. <clears throat> well, Mike Salk, he joined Kyle Bailey earlier this week to talk about what a potential trade package for DK Metcalf could look like. And trading DK Metcalf would give them some of those resources. If they couldn't get back at least a first-round pick, if not a whole lot more than that, 
you know, I, I don't think that you go through with that. You just, you know, make do. But I just, I'm just one of those guys who's not. I don't believe in in building your team with with wide receiver being their premier position that everything is kind of built around. I don't think most of the teams that are built that way end up winning the Super Bowl. So if it's me, I'd rather kind of rejigger the way my team is built and try to get bigger and better on the offense and defensive line. And if I have to sacrifice a little bit of receiver, so be it. Walker, we'll start with you. Do you agree with that assessment that he doesn't, that the best way to, to build a Super Bowl contender is to win up front? Or do you look at maybe what Cincinnati has done where they've had all the skill position talent in the world and, and realize if you got the guy at quarterback, you can overcome not being exceptional in the trenches and still get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, conventional wisdom for a long time was saying the further away you got from the football, the less important you were. I don't think that's necessarily as true anymore. I do think wide receivers have a big impact on winning. The, the argument against it is, oh, well, Kansas City just won and we've continue to destroy what their wide receiver position looks like. Okay, so I guess the caveat can be, if you have Pat Mahomes, who is the best I've ever seen, then you can win that way. But even they won a Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill, who we would argue is nothing less than what a top three wide receiver in the NFL, certainly here and even with Kansas City. I think wide receivers are important. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would say there are plenty of ways to build a football team. And if the Seahawks after having gone over a decade without having a strong offensive line and a defense that gets destroyed by two smart offensive play callers and Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan in season, then I understand the identity change they want to undergo. Remember when Cam started calling all these dudes game managers and everybody went completely sideways? I don't know if I'd use that term on some of the guys he was calling game managers, but what he was trying to say was simplistically this. There are maybe three dudes in this league that might even be too many, but there are three dudes who are in this league who are above everybody else. Mahomes, Allen, and whoever the third guy is your choice. Some people say Lamar, others, you know, put other guys in the category, whatever. But there's that top tier, and then there's everybody else. And so when you're in the everybody else scenario, you need better players around. You need better wide receivers. You need better offensive line. There are probably three or four dudes in this league who can overcome the deficiencies to win for this league. And then the people are going to pack and say, well, why'd you trade for a first round pick to get somebody who wasn't on that list? Those guys don't grow on trees. It doesn't happen. They are once in a generation type guys, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah, uh, you know, it'll never change, man. It's always going to be to build a team up front. I dare you to find me a, a champion. Hell, find me a national champion, a Super Bowl champion that didn't at least have a, a, a top five offensive line into the Joe Burrow, you know, Cincinnati Bengals deal. When it came down to it in those finals plays, what was their doom? It was their line. Aaron Donald came through there and made the plays that ended the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, you know, football's never going to change as far as you need to be uh, really, really good up front if you want to have a chance and if you want to get to the playoffs and win in cold weather or any type of weather and get to a Super Bowl or, uh, you know, win a championship of any sort. Well, I understand your point, but also, like, it's funny because you can go to Seattle, who won a Super Bowl, and their offensive line actually just wasn't good. But right, the year they, they won the championship, their old line was pretty good. They ran the ball very well with Marshawn Lynch, and they protected uh, Russell oh, Wilson pretty decent. They weren't top five. Their offensive line was not very well, good we'll that year. We'll have to get the research team on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's – yeah, I'm with you. Like, offensive I know, line is I know tough, that but. Seattle had issues during those years with the offensive line, but the year that they won the Super Bowl, I, and then I, get I, there. I would like to look at that. Yeah, all right. I, I think they were pretty Drum. good. Drum! 
Jum, evaluate the offensive line play. <laughs> That'll do it for Willie P joining us in the Planted Kia Studios, the voice of Charlotte FC. Of course, you can hear those broadcasts right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Willie, we appreciate the time and tell some people some information on how they can go out and experience the game this weekend or just where they can hear us. Tickets at charlottefootballclub.com slash tickets. 7.30 kick Saturday. Come early. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brand new kit is being uh, obviously showcased for the first time. And if you can't make it out to Bank of America Stadium, catch Jess and I 7 o'clock, not only on WFNZ, but on the Charlotte FC Radio Network. We might be on XM2 this weekend too, which might be nice. And if you do watch the broadcasts you can check us out underneath the pretty pictures by using the home audio option home radio audio option on apple tv thanks willie